Will the stock market really go up forever? Welcome back, everyone, for episode five of Financial Way. Danny here back again with Abe. Today's topic is investing in the market. Whether that is investing in the stock market, food market, whatever kind of market there is out there, there's always some kind of risk to return correlation involved. And the stock market, we believe, is the perfect way to grow your investments. And it is also one of the greatest tools to grow your network. So let's just dig it right into the story. This story is actually not going to be coming from Reddit. It's coming from Quora. So you know how reliable and amazing Quora is. The story goes, why do I always seem to lose money when trading penny stocks? And then literally, that's it. That's the whole story. I think some of the greatest stories can also be said in one sentence, just simply because of the comments. And I think before we kind of give our spiel, we want to hear more so from what the comments are saying. And then we'll kind of add on to that. You okay with that, Abe? Yeah, let's do it, man. Well, uh, starting with the first comment, uh, Ed S. says, because penny stocks are dog shit. Surely you've heard the story of someone finding a diamond earring sifting through dog shit. You might fool yourself thinking it could be you. But really, all you're doing is trading one pile of dog shit for another and digging through endless piles of it. There's simply no need to trade in the space with so many better options available. Let's go with another uh, comment. I kind of kind of like where this is kind of going. Someone said by Kenneth, because they are fundamentally junk. Okay, well put. Someone else said, penny stocks are the debris of the stock market. Most lack sufficient information for proper analysis valuation. So God only knows how you are choosing what to trade. Penny stocks trade at such a wide bid and ask spread that they're extremely expensive to trade as a function of transaction value, stop playing a sucker's game where the deck is totally stacked against you. Abe, I mean, hey, this involving the stock market, can it really go up forever? I mean, let's let's kind of think about this from a more general standpoint. Will the stock market stock market go in for a will it go up forever? That's that's one question. And then why is this person losing a lot of penny stock value? That's another question. Let's let's kind of break it up into a two-parter. Um, do you want to start us off, Abe? I, I think I have a lot to say, but I, I want to hear your point before I start to ramble. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stories I have about this crap, but the fact that he's asking why do I seem to always lose money when trading the penny stocks, I think the person that asked it the like answered it the best was the fact that he said that they're dog shit because they are. They're companies that have no fundamental any like they have no fundamental anything. Uh, they're companies that uh, are not even known to anybody. And if you put your money into a penny stock, I think you have to think about it as you're going to the casino and you're putting it in the roulette table. Uh, it could be red, it could be black, uh, it could be double zeros, it could be anything. Uh, it could be off the table too, honestly. It could be off the table too. Yeah, the, the ball could just freaking bounce off the table and go somewhere else like so when you think about like penny stocks you have to think about that's money that you don't care about and that you'd be a hundred percent losing it just like if you were going to the casino that's my <laughs> take on that part so i i don't yeah, invest i mean in, uh, penny stocks because they're dog shit but what, what do you think no yeah i mean that's perfectly well said i mean there's there's no other way to classify this kind of level of dog shit it's it's disgusting. It's grotesque. There's really no way to kind of put your value into what these companies are worth. 
And I think this is a really great topic because there's a whole lot of stuff that's kind of floating out there that we won't name specifics, but we'll just say what general topics are kind of floating out there that really are driving a very similar story, which is, oh my God, these things are dirt cheap or they're trendy or they're like a, a great way to get rich. And the reason why people would even invest in penny stocks is because they think, oh my gosh, I'm going to invest in a company that's barely starting up. It's listed literally on this completely distant, far away, not really well-known market. And basically we're going to try to invest in something, pray that it'll go up in value because that's essentially the premise of every company is to eventually grow and then ultimately cash out on millions. That's the incentive here. That's the whole goal. This story can be easily, easily be switched out with crypto, with NFTs, with trendy items like Beanie Babies or or fidget spinners, or even options, honestly, not even necessarily relating to a company or to an item, but more so an actual financial derivative. When you're talking about short-term or just non-value additive, non-value deriving even methods of kind of just picking stuff and then ultimately throwing your entire life savings behind it, one, you're dumb. Two, that has to be the most riskiest thing you'll ever do. It's literally no different than going to a, like a gas station and buying a bunch of scratch off tickets. Like your luck will be just as I'd say apparent in that situation as it would be in these kind of situations. With options, yeah. you literally get either up or down or flat line in your decision making. Trendy items, you better hope you get into it while it's going at it. NFTs, crypto, penny socks, same thing, same garbage. A lot of these people are realizing, hey, I see a bunch of famous people doing it. I see a bunch of people who I don't even know getting into this and they're making a buttload of money. But guess what? Guess what, Abe? What is happening to the people who aren't posting these kind of stuff are actually losing? How much are they they're losing? Getting they're getting destroyed. Uh, a lot of money. I have, I have, I know some people that they, uh, they bought these things when uh, on Twitter, like let's say Tom Brady, when he was saying something about FTX and now they're bankrupt. Or I know that Kim Kardashian came out on Twitter once and she was promoting some kind of like penny cryptocurrency. And that thing also was like apparently a scam. So, and these people just completely lose their money because of them trusting the public uh, figures. And the only people in this scenario that make the money are the public figures. And the people that like follow them are the ones that lose the most money. So it, it, they get screwed majorly just because they believe that these guys know best. But the thing is, these public figures have no idea about what is like, what is, is it that they're investing in? They're just like, oh, this is a brand deal or something. So let's promote it and we get paid based on how much we promote it. And they don't care if it goes up, if it goes down, if it goes sideways, they're making money regardless. And the people that follow them because they feel like they know best, they're the ones that get screwed. No, it's 100% accurate. And I mean, you're always going to hear these stories online because this is literally what social media does. It promotes the most popular, interesting things. And it doesn't promote things that necessarily people would consider important, but they might find it boring or it's just not, a you know, a super interesting or high flashy kind of media post or whatever that's not getting the attention that it probably should be like when people are losing a lot of money you're probably not going to see that online 
But when someone's driving around their Lamborghini saying, oh, I got this off, like, you know, off buying crypto or Bitcoin or whatever the heck, like you're, you're going to be more inclined to listen because your instances or sorry, your instincts are going to believe like, hey, in this specific instance, this guy made a buttload of money. Hey, I'm going to, you know, buy it and try my luck. Like, no, like there's no rationale behind that. I think if we're going to go back to the first question, will the stock market really go up forever? Well, I mean, historically, on average returns, we've seen the stock market go up. Certain years go up 20%, 10%, 5%, maybe negative. I mean, it's it's very dependent, but at least actually dating back since the 1920s, the average annualized return since its inception through 1928 through December 31st, 2021, has actually been 11.82%, which is actually great. It's phenomenal. It's a return. It's positive. It might not be sexy. It might not be the highest grossing return like you'd see in other kind of assets. But the idea is that we see simple correlations, risk to return, coming down from ETFs. You, you really want to get rid of this whole, I want to put all of my money into, I don't know, a penny stock, for example, or put all my money into an NFT because it's really trendy. No, don't do that. It's it's not worth it. It makes no sense to. But you know why people me, do it though? I, I think see, the it's, thing it's is, that whole it's the whole initiative yeah. behind getting rich quick. That's that's quick. I, that's what I firmly because, believe. Because like I had a I had a family relative a couple of days ago. He was he was telling me like he used to invest in the stock market, but I don't know if he does anymore or not. But he was telling me, Oh yeah, I used to invest in these fundamental great companies, but they were they just had little gains like i would see my friends and they would like be making so much more gains in other other stocks and they were like a little bit more penny stocks and i'm like okay i'm in the fundamentally right stock but i'm not making as much as them so i'm like all right screw it i'm going to sell what i have right now and i'm going to put it into this risky stock now it's it's risky but they're only seeing the profits so as mm -hmm. soon as they go into it it was probably already bloated so, and it just started going down, down, down. He lost all his money. And since then, he just feels like the stock market is a scam because he's like, oh yeah, only the big people can make money like Warren Buffett because they have like they have a lot of money and they're able to control the market shits more. He doesn't understand that he got too greedy and he wanted to get rich quick. And that is why he lost his money. He was He was in the right fundamental stock and he just sold it because he was like, it's too safe, and I wasn't making as much money as the people next to me. That is a big problem. It is. It is It is a very big issue in this world because we glamorize wealth, and we glamorize people getting rich super fast. And because of that, that causes people who aren't used to this kind of environment or who aren't used to trading at all to kind of start adapting those kind of methodologies and that same perception of, oh, my gosh, these guys took a huge gander. I'm going to take a huge gander. And then once an actual collapse happens and they lose all their money or, you know, they get scammed or whatever the heck it is, they want to take it back. And in the stock market, there's no such thing as take backs. You lose your money, you lose your money. You sell out of your position. That's how much money you get. That's there's there's nothing else to it. You're not going to get more. You're not going to get any less. What you sell out and what you capture in those gains or losses potentially within a specific asset, that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get your money back. It's not a game.
this is a very serious topic because as as me and Abe might denote, you know, people put a lot of money into this. I think a pretty good funny subreddit to see out there is Wall Street Bets. You might kind of oh, think, God. wow, that's sadistic to see all these people lose a lot of money. But these people treat it like a game. So in some kind of dark humor form, <laughs> these people are kind of laughing at their own demise and seeing like they're dropping tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And it's it's kind of crazy. But yeah, it's not it's not the way to go. I mean, Abe, how would you go into the market? What's your kind of strategy? I'll be honest. I tried. I tried it all. Um, I tried timing the market. I tried buying the stocks and doing a long hold. I've even I've even joined at some point because I I was curious. I joined Wall Street Bets during the whole short squeeze with like GameStop and AMC and all that <laughs> crap. Uh, because the funny thing is, YouTube at that time was just promoting every single person that was talking was. about the subject. It was like it was insane. I opened my YouTube. And I don't even know any of these creators. And it's just spamming me with people that are talking about how you got to buy, buy, buy. And like they had like uh, a tracker, like a live tracker of what the stock is doing and all that crap. And I was like, you know what? All right, I'll put a little bit of money in. Let's see what happens. But I, I went into that and I knew that I was going to either like lose all my money or I can make some money. But I didn't care about the money I was putting into it. Um, and I, I mean, I ended up losing a little bit of money for the first like two weeks, three weeks, I uh, I did AMC. But at the end, I was able to sell when it was like up. So maybe I made like, I don't know, like 10% of my money. So it wasn't a big deal. But the thing is, I saw people and I saw creators that were putting like $100,000, $200,000. I saw people that put a million dollars into freaking GameStop, a company that should be probably bankrupt by now, uh, just because they believed into it. And the funny part is people believed that it was going to reach $1,000. This is a stock that normally trades at like six bucks, seven bucks. And it barely <laughs> got to like 150 bucks and people were buying it. And they like a lot of people were buying the options. A lot of people were buying the stock at like record highs. And they were just believing that it's going to go to $1,000. Obviously the stock right now is at like 30 bucks or so. So that's a big problem. People buying based on the hype. And then they get screwed because they buy it like at the very top and then the stock goes down, down, down. They're like, okay, well, maybe we can double down. Sure, you can double down. You're still going to get screwed. So that's that's a big problem. So for me, I tried it all. Uh, I, I tried timing the market. Uh, I mean, I have a story where like I bought Tesla. This was my very first stock I ever bought. I bought like, I don't know, 20 shares of Tesla or so. And it was like at 200 bucks, something like that. Um, and then it reached all the way to $300. So I was like, wow, I've been suffering for so many months. Finally, it's at 300 bucks. And there was supposed to be an earnings coming out that was going to be really bad. So I was like, okay, well, I can maybe sell at 300 bucks, maybe cash in my money. And when it goes down again, I'll buy more. And that way, I'm a smart investor. I'm the dumbest person on earth. Uh, that stock never actually went below the 300. It kept going up, up and up, regardless of what happened with the earnings. And right now the stock is trading at like 1,500. So at the very peak, my money was going to be worth about maybe $100,000 of potential profits that I missed out on just because I was so stupid and I was so greedy and I thought I can time the market. So right now what I'm trying to say is that I try to keep it where 
I buy into stocks that I truly believe in. And I, I kind of hold, I want to like, I want to buy and hold because timing the market does not work. Uh, it's basically just like gambling, buying into penny stocks and all that crap. You would have to buy into so many of them just to be able to make any kind of money. Uh, and a lot of the times you're not going to make any money. Uh, buying into the hype is not worth it unless you can maybe time it where you're buying where everyone is buying and then you sell when everyone's like getting too hyped about it. Uh, so a lot of people made money from GME crap, but a lot of people lost money. And those are the people that were so greedy and they just kept buying, buying, buying because they wanted to get rich quick. So I think fundamentals are very important when you're in investing in the stock market. Uh, you have to keep in mind what you're investing in and where do you see that company? It's like, imagine you are buying the company. You're not just buying shares. Uh, you have to buy into things that make sense, like Apple. Are we ever going to see Apple go out of business in this next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? No. But something like, I don't know, uh, GameStop. Can you see GameStop going out of business in 5, 10, 15 years? I see it going out of business next year, honestly. Absolutely, I don't know yeah. who even still shops there anymore. So that's that's the big thing. I think fundamentals are big, big. And people that just get bored and they feel like they want to make more money quicker, uh, the stock market is not for you. Uh, you can definitely make money by doing hits like that, but it's hit and miss. Or you're like you have to become a really good day trader and then maybe you can make money off of it. But that's like a full time job, basically. What do you What do you think, Danny? What do you think about uh, day trading? Uh, no, that I don't even think there's a there's a thing called a good day trader. That's called just being lucky. I hate all this technical analysis BS where, oh my gosh, I'm using the moving average and the VWAP and all this other garbage. It's like, no, shut up. Like this, none of this ever correlates with actual movement. These are small, small time adjustments happening to a price that you have no way of predicting. You never can tell. It's literally as if you were talking to a homeless guy outside and saying, what's the weather going to be like? And you just let them guess like that's that's as accurate as you'll get with technical analysis. It's a guess. You just don't know you're testing the waters against something that's completely just like mythical. Like it's it's fake. It's all fictitious. Yet people buy into this because they think it means something. Honestly, I got a funny story to tell you. Back when I was a sophomore, I thought, oh, my God, this technical analysis stuff is so cool. You know, I was showing pictures to my friends and I was like, look at all this stuff. I'm doing the charts. And then I bring it up in a in an interview and I'm like, yeah, I use technical analysis. Pretty sure that's the reason why I didn't get that interview. Pretty, pretty sad. Yeah, that's number one tip right there. Don't ever oh bring up God. technical analysis. Was that an internship? Don't ever. It means nothing. Yeah, this was for an internship. This Damn. definitely a learning experience. It is not worth at all to anyone's point. It makes you look like an idiot. Honestly, but back to the whole premise of this whole episode, will the stock market really go up forever? Well, the very basic assumption is that we're always trying to grow in some way or another. And a company's main premise, like I said earlier, is to grow. They're trying to expand. They're trying to get bigger. They're trying to help people on a greater scale. And the whole premise basically stems with, okay, if one company is doing that and an entire economy, society is thinking that same way, then yeah. And if the stock market's correlated with an economy or a society, then yeah, you're going to see some correlation, some correlation with the stock market, seeing with the economy. 
But then at that point, you're going to have to see all these different intricacies of, okay, is the stock market 100% correlated? No, not at all. You can clearly tell by Corona standards, literally two years ago, where the whole economy was shut down, yet the market was completely booming. Like that's, that makes no sense. It's not, it should not be like that. And you'll kind of start to formulate your own opinions of what the stock market really means. But honestly, will it go up forever? We don't know. We don't have a crystal ball to tell us all the answers. But we do know that basic economics tells us that we should expect production to increase based on the aptitude of companies wanting to get better. And that ultimately would drive the economy. So thinking by that rationale. But Danny, yeah. how do you feel about people that say that cryptocurrency is a better investment than the stock market right now? Because there's a lot of people that believe <laughs> that cryptocurrency is the future and that the stock market at some point will not be as profiting. I'd say just tell them FTX. That's, that's the only answer. Just tell them what, what happened to FTX. Collapse. You, want bankrupt, you might not man. think the whole crypto market will collapse. Yeah, it probably won't because people buy into it. If there's if there's at least two idiots who are willing to trade with another, then you have a market. Now, when you grow that market to thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people who can easily access like access it, then yeah, you have a whole market of crypto still alive. But the idea is it an actual good investment? Well, then again, debatable, but honestly, not really. Don't don't do that. You're literally gambling. You're it's no different than if you were to go buy a beanie baby and expect its value to go up. Like no, you're basing it based on just simple supply and demand. And with crypto, honestly, I'm going to be frank. I don't know a whole lot about crypto, but I can probably tell you that there probably is not a single supply anywhere. A lot of these shit coins have fucking a bunch of different like miners constantly just having more coins in the market. So honestly, I don't even think there is a supply, but guess what? There is a demand. What, what happened coin. with... Uh, Squid coin, it was like a complete scam. I, I don't know the whole spiel behind that story, but pretty sure a lot of people got scammed. I, I can imagine a whole lot of other coins might have that same. It was a coin that was created based like, on squid games, and yeah. uh, people thought that it was co very correlated, or the people that created squid games are the ones that created that coin. So a lot of people were trying to invest in it. But you know what the funniest thing is? The people to be able to invest in such a coin, you have to go from a website to a website to a website, and then you have to like buy, like, you have to do so many yeah, different like, be that transactions. So, like, honestly, if people dedicated that much time to making that kind of trade, honestly, look up good companies and do research and like look at the finance sheet and all that other stuff instead of like trying to get into that such a coin. And it ended up being like it was a scam, obviously. And it ended up being that the people, after they collected so much money, they just closed the website, took the money, and no one can even track them. So exactly. like, and there was a yeah, lot of no, those coins. There's no regulations behind the save. No regulations. No. And there's, I think there was one about money heist too. Like there was a money heist coin as I well. So. Like, I think I heard that one. Yeah. It's so it's, dumb. People are just dumb. so dedicated to that crap too. Like I would they, never they be just able want to get rich that much. I mean, they yeah. Just want to get rich. Yeah. That's literally it. And. I don't think a whole lot of people understand, especially young adults. Get this wrapped around your heads, guys and gals. You cannot get rich that quick so easily. It is never that easy. It's either a luck or a skill or an asset. I mean, there's a whole lot of ways to get rich, but I can promise you there's a time component to that, and it's not that quick. It really is never that quick. No. Unless I mean, you're willing really to gamble I a lot of stuff, go ahead, but 
It's have you ever have you ever invested in any cryptocurrency? Have I in Dogecoin? Yeah, during its massive, hey. like, I I made a little bit of money. Definitely, uh, I think it was like seventy percent. But the reason, in my again intuitive thinking, was back at that point. I'm pretty sure I have that same mentality. I feel like a lot of newcomers are to when it comes to just a new kind of asset class or just trading in general is that you don't know what you're doing. You honestly don't know what the effects are. If I were to have put a lot of money into it, yeah, I could have made a buttload of money. But what happens if I invested at the very tip top? I think it was like 77 cents or something like that. I would have got destroyed. I would have got ripped to shreds had I invested in that point. And guess what? We don't know it because we don't hear it, but I know dang well there were tens and thousands of people who invested into that at that point. So yeah, because it was me, it was during the Elon whatever. Musk SNL thing, and people thought that when he comes out, so it was seventy seven cents right before he came out, and then as soon as he went on the SNL, it just started plummeting. But people were buying it so much more right before the SNL. So the people that bought it like at the very top, they expect to get expected it to go above a dollar. Because Elon was like the biggest advocator for Dogecoin, but it just it went all the way down to like twenty cents right after he came out. So yeah. those people got screwed. But uh, going back to that experience, I mean, what I learned for sure is to never touch that stuff because it's literally gambling. <laughs> to if you're gonna want to get in it, fine, but understand the risk behind it. Understand the risk behind options, penny stocks, crypto, NFTs. Do your little due diligence before you go on 10 different websites to buy shitcoin. Do your actual research and figure out what the heck you're getting into. Because I can promise you, if you have to do that much digging to find something, it's probably not worth it. 100%. However, I mean, it, the thing yeah, is, like those those websites, they're also not very, like, what's the word, safe. So, like, even if you go they're, on they're there and, like... Secure. Your wallet is on there or like your credit card is on there. Like they can hack you and they can like, this is a different topic, but they can also hack you. They can like steal your information. So like, you're not only going to lose your money, you might also get hacked and you might lose more money because of like your bank account being on there. It's very, very risky. Not worth the the advantageous rewards that you might think you're going to get in the very end if it goes up. I think... I think it's really good to put ourselves in the perspective of the people who did lose a lot of money because it's a very serious topic. We might be joking and some people might not take it serious, but with full transparency, these these are very serious topics. And I know we're not in the whole, I, like Abe and I, we're not in this massive debt hole in which we're taking this like very serious as other people would. But I think that's a very big story to tell because if you don't say it from the perspective of those who've lost a lot, people are going to keep ending up in this ditch. It's like yeah. having an alleyway that leads to something terrible, but then there's no sign to say there's nothing terrible ahead. People just keep going willy-nilly, and then they just don't listen. They don't realize what they're getting themselves into. And this is a very serious topic because, like we were talking about Wall Street bets, people lose life savings amount again. Not five bucks, not a hundred bucks, not a thousand, tens, hundreds of thousands, retirement savings. You're talking people about people sold their houses. Valley the house. Go ahead, Ed. No, I mean, I was just saying people sold, like, there was a person that sold his house to put it in, like, GM, uh, GME or whatever that was, or AMC. And 
they probably got screwed because they took out like I think it was like a half a million dollar house. They basically Jeez. took a mortgage on it or they sold it and they took all that money and they put it into that crap. And who knows what happened to them? <laughs> yeah, it's it's absurd. But I think we kind of want to maybe sway away from all this notable garbage and actually move to something that is worthwhile. I think a lot of people understand that you can invest in very specific assets called ETFs, exchange traded funds. They're essentially a collection of companies that, or necessarily industries or, or size of companies that basically allow you to be a little bit more diverse in your allocation of what you put your money towards. For example, if you're going to put your money into the S&P 500 ETF, you're basically putting money into this whole market, essentially. And this market has different allocations, percent allocations of how it's essentially derived. And then the value of that S&P index is essentially what you're purchasing. So if the S&P goes up, I don't know, five bucks, you're going to make five bucks. Very simple. Or not like direct five bucks, but I'm talking about in the terms of the S&P ETF. If the ETF price of itself goes up five bucks, you're going to make five bucks. And it's essentially tracking 90 stocks. Again, this has been going back since the 1920s. The average annualized return was 11.82%. So it's, it's amazing. It's adopting 500 stocks into the index. And you're tracking a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of companies. And you're being super diverse because if one company out of the blue falls under for whatever reason, you have 499 others to go. When I said 90 earlier, I mean, that was when it became a composite index for the first time. So you can kind of see how much it's, it's grown over time, but that's a phenomenal track record to be growing at 11.82% every single, for, from the span of uh, 1928 to 2021, as if it were 11.8.2% every year, like that's phenomenal. If we were to actually put this into a calculator, let's say I'm, I don't know, 22 years old. Let's say I have a hundred bucks, right? In a trading account already. I don't know. It's just sitting there because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I don't know. Any kind of brokerage. Let's say, let's say a TD Ameritrade. If we put a hundred dollars, let's say we have a hundred dollars in this account. We're going to think maybe we want to retire 40-ish years ahead in the future. We think maybe 62 sounds good. It's a pretty common age of retirement. If we're going to track it back with this 11.82% rate of return, if we're compounding this annually, and let's say out of the blue, I don't know, let's give me a number, Abe. How much do you want to contribute to this account every year? <clears throat> uh, let's make it like a nice, let's say $5,000, I guess. 5,000 or is that too much? Pretty, no, I, I think that's a good number. I don't think, especially for a whole lot of people who are financially savvy would really understand how much to put. So I think 500, 5,000 is good because what does that count, come out to be every single week? 5,000 divided by 52. It's like 96 bucks a week, roughly. So almost a hundred. So if we calculate this, we get roughly 3.6 million. Pretty Ooh. crazy. That's if you're contributing at the end of every year. If you put a hundred bucks in your account and then you start to contribute 5,000 every single year and you get that rate of return of 11.82% each year, 
you're going to get 3.6 million, which is a crap ton of money. But again, you're talking about the historical performance of the S&P. I don't know. Maybe that sounds a little too much. Maybe that sounds a little too too good to be true. So let's be conservative. Let's Some try. People will never make that in their whole like work lives. No, never, never. Not even just working every single year and adding up. You're not. You're probably not. Let's say 5%. Let's be a little bit conservative. Same metrics as everything else. Let's just change that return rate. You're down at 600,000. Hey, that's not a million, but it's still a good amount because you put almost $100 a week into an account. You have no idea what the heck you're investing in. And you put it into the S&P and you're like, hey, if this made 5% for 40 years, which it's it didn't historically, but let's for this hypothetical situation, Let's say that it did. That's six hundred grand, Abe. That's that's a crap ton of money. It might not be full fledged retirement amount, but that's a lot more than the average person. Very true. It's, it's it's pretty good. I I approve. I think. Hey, if you're if you're a listener out there, again, this isn't financial advice. This is for educational informational purposes only. But at least personally, for me, if you're not into the whole. I don't know what specific stocks. I don't know what kind of metrics to look at. I don't know how to value a company. You could Google. You could do some research. But if you honestly just want to play it simple, play it easy, this is a good way to go. And again, 5000 which is what? Roughly 100 bucks per week. We're not even talking about a 401k account. So maybe you might even be going more with your own individual contribution plus an employer. I don't know. Let's say like, I don't know. Let's double that. Let's go from five grand to 10 grand. So we're putting 200, roughly almost 200 each each month or each week, sorry, into, into this account. It's about 192. You're going to go from at the end of when you retire from 600,000 to 1.2. So it literally doubles. Obviously, that was going to double, but the idea was that, hey, I'm going to get a millionaire status. When I retire at 62, simply by just having this account in there, again, it's really dependent on how you, you know, how you want to go about it in retirement. And we'll cover that in a different episode, but 1.2 million, Abe, that's, that's not a joke. No, I mean, 1.2 million, that's, that's more than probably what you're going to be contributing to like your retirement plan, or if you're maybe saving every month or whatever. Uh, I think a lot of people have this misconception that saving in your bank account would be better. Uh, it's not because the returns from the market can be much greater than just putting it into a stupid bank account that yields you like, I don't know, like a percent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, honestly, I, I'm not really a big uh, person of ETFs. Uh, I rather do uh, single stocks, but that's because I believe in the stocks that I'm in. And I have no problem with contributing every single month or every single year, whatever it is, into those stocks, because I believe that in like the next 10 years, they're going to be great. I'm not looking to sell tomorrow. I'm not going to sell if they go to like, I don't know, 50% less. I'm probably going to keep buying. And that's that's my principle of investing. Uh, I don't I don't do ETFs, but I like my single stocks. So if you have no time into looking into companies and doing all that kind of work, because it's a lot of work, yes, you should do what Danny is saying. But if you want to like maybe do a little bit more research, look into what you're investing in, 
Uh, then yeah, you can buy like single stocks like Apple, Google, things that will never go out of like out of style. They're not going to be extinct. They're always going to keep changing the world. But that's no, my sorry. thought and that's my thesis on how to invest or how I invest at least in the stock market. Uh, and then a word of advice also to everybody who's listening. Uh, please don't buy into things that you don't understand and don't buy into things just because people are telling you uh, yeah. that you can make a lot of money from it. Uh, a really quick story before we even end it off here is people during the pandemic were buying so much stocks. Uh, <laughs> but the biggest thing that people were buying was actually options. Uh, honestly, I am a finance major and I can't even say that I 100% understand how options work. Like I, I understand them fully, but till this day, I can't even say that I'm 100% understanding of what options are and that's why i don't play with options i don't mess with options and a lot of people during the pandemic lost a lot of money because they only saw how much upside you can make with options and they bought into like weird ass contracts they don't understand anything about like the strike price the strike price execution price the beta gamma any of that stuff and they were like oh i can put a hundred bucks and i can make a thousand bucks that's a pretty good deal a lot of them always just lost the money, but don't buy into things you don't understand. And if you want to buy into something, maybe do a little bit of research on your own first, understand it. And then if you really want to buy it, then just kiss your money goodbye and be okay with it. Because most likely you're going to lose that money if it's something that's just crap, risky, or just dog shit in general. What that's do you think, true. Danny? No, I agree. If if you're going to invest in personal stocks, specific like specific companies, do your research. Use due diligence. If you lose all your money, at least you came in with a purpose. You you try to understand metrically what was going on with the company, how they're performing, and if you're keeping up to date with that kind of stuff, you definitely want to monitor those accounts. When I was talking about ETFs, you don't really have to monitor that. That's you're talking about 500 companies that are being already managed in this passive passive asset that you really don't need to touch. And it basically doesn't at all need to need to really be impacted unless like the whole market is going down, then you might have a play in it, either buying more or just not at all doing anything with it, unless you're near retirement and you want to sell and take it out. But the whole story, I guess, here is don't fall for these scams. Be careful with how you spend your money. Be cautious with what you do and, and just learn. That's that's the biggest story. If you're not new to the stock market, if this episode was a complete, you know, it is like we were speaking in a different language. It made no sense to you. Do some research on the stock market. Do some research on these different asset classes and investments. Do your research on penny stocks, crypto, all this other stuff and make your own perception. We're not here to tell you how to invest, but we are here to give you what we think is reasonable advice. And that's that's our goal. We want to just help inform. So thanks everyone for listening. We all hope you learned something. This is a very important episode. Uh, you can kind of tell that me and Abe really were trying to go at it because we can kind of see how, how people really understand the stock market. And I think yeah. what the statistic is only like half the people invest. So for the other half, this episode was kind of towards you. We just want you to be cautious and for those who do invest hopefully you learn something so all right maybe it'll be a part two all right thanks everyone have a good night take care